now. Brought to you by Olive Tree Bible Software. Read, study, anywhere. www.olivetree.com Coming to you live, but not really live, from Gut Check World Headquarters in the capital city of a boxing glove-shaped state and Gut Check South Command, deep in the belly button above the buckle of the Bible belt, it's the Gut Check Podcast with your hosts, Ted Cluck and Zach Bartles. Hey, welcome to the Gut Check Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always by Zachary Bartles. And Zach, it has been uh, it has been a long time getting here, my friend, because we uh, had an appointment a few days ago in which we tried to do this. Um, sadly, we had some some technical difficulty in your studio, and uh, we weren't able to uh, to to fit this into our busy schedules. But here we are, and uh, just just off off camera, as it were, uh, right before we came in, I was I was coughing, I was hacking in a certain way. <laughs> It was an and, old man uh, cough. Yeah, yeah. You had it sounded like an old man cough, and then and then you begged the question, "Are you also blowing your nose like an old man?" And then you went on to explain it, but I knew exactly what you were talking about, <laughs> like the old, loud, like old man, like the, the honk. honking. Yeah, like you remember that. your grandpa doing that, dude. I do, and I remember as a little kid thinking, like, why doesn't it sound that way when I blow my nose? You know what I mean? <laughs> Is there something wrong with me? Right? Is there something wrong with me? Like, like when I blew my nose as a kid, it just sounded like like air coming out. You know what I mean? Or it sounded like the gross kind of bubbling of the snot. I think old men do that to kind of cover the gross sound. Like they learn it's it sounds it sounds like a you know like a an elk rooting or something rutting rutting. Dude, dude it does. But it, at man. least it covers that know. sound. It does. So my question to you is: Do you sound like an old man when you blow your nose? It started about a year ago, and yes, and I can't really? go back. Once I, I think I might have even just kind of done it to be funny once, and then I couldn't go back. Dude, now that's fascinating. Now, what do you think changed in you that that you now have the old man nose blow? Because I don't. Dude, I don't. I don't know if it comes from somewhere deep in the soul, or if it just has to. I, maybe it's related. Do you snore? Is it related to sort of the same sleep apnea-ish type things that make old it men may- start to snore? It may be related to that, man. You know, I don't. I I snore. I think once in a while. I think especially like if I have a cold or something like that. But I think not so much just on a normal day to day basis. Hmm. Well, in you fact, know, last time I the last time I went to my doctor, he said I had the nose of a of a nineteen year old man. <laughs> so the sinus cavity worth. of a 19... dude. So I kind of I kind of hang my hat on that metaphorically speaking, man. I feel good about that, even Listen, though the rest of me is decaying. Do you, you know? have a handkerchief? Because I feel like. You have to have a kind of a yellowed handkerchief before you get the honk. Dude, no, let's right? talk about the handkerchief. I, I do not have one, and and I, I fundamentally like from a, from a germaphobe perspective, like I, I just have never been able to get behind the handkerchief. Are you with me on that? You want to hear something really funny, germaphobe yes. style? Yeah. Uh, well, I buy a lot of handkerchiefs because I, I take a new, a brand new one every yeah. time I baptize somebody and put okay. it over their face. Uh, yeah. Ted, we Baptists baptize people by immersion. In yeah, like a sure. tank of water, dude. Um, we do that too in my church. Oh so yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm oh, with nice. you now. One hundred percent, man. I'm with you on that. So I buy a lot of them, and then I just take a few that that don't get used anytime I buy them, and I put them, you know, in suit pockets and stuff. Yeah, I sure. will use a handkerchief if I'm like about to preach and I'm and I don't want to be like Donald Trump sniffing throughout the whole sermon. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know what I do after I use it once? What? Oh, I throw it out. I don't blame you, man. I Environmentally don't blame you unfriendly, but. Yeah, I, I think handkerchiefs are gross, man. I really do. Dude, the idea of feel... taking a, like a, a big wad of like mucus and throwing it in the the washing machine with like your clothes you're gonna wear. Yeah, that just doesn't feel right to me. That's you know? that's the reason that we wouldn't use cloth diapers. I'm like, no, you're not. We're not putting dirty diapers in our washing machine and then Dude, putting I our totally clothes. In... Yeah, 
I, I don't understand the cloth diaper thing at all, man. It's no. very hipster thing right now, though. There's a lot of new oh, services. Oh, of course, man. It fits right into that 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 hipster wheelhouse that we've talked about uh, ad nauseum. But dude, dude I had um, a, a, not a sweet mate across the hall, a buddy's uh, roommate in college, yeah. who would like grab just like a t-shirt, a dirty t-shirt out of his hamper and blow his nose into it. Are you serious? And we were all like, that is so disgusting, Josh. And he'd be like, hey, I'm going to wash it anyway. Dude, that's nasty, man. That's so nasty. <laughs> it's really nasty. Well, you know what he would do, Ted? He would just what? grab one of those T-shirts, put it to his nose, and just uh, let it rip or or kind of rip it, if you will. Uh, I will. And I was, hey. was going to use that as a segue, actually, because the least hipster thing maybe in the world <laughs> Yours is, better. is is this, uh, <laughs> this energy drink that we're going to review today on the air. So... Uh, if you're new to the program, welcome. If you're uh, a long-time listener of the program, uh, thank you for long-time listening, and you know what we're <laughs> about to do. Part of uh, part of what we are about at this program, Zach, uh, is the consistent reviews of various things, but especially energy drinks. Um, and we've not done this in a couple of apps, man. It's been a little while since we've done this segment. So uh, you very kindly... Uh, when we were together for the Silverdome filming, which we'll talk about later, you very kindly provided me with a, a bag full of, of energy drinks. And we both decided together as a company in our production meeting um, that we were going to interview this, uh, this particular drink called Rip It. Um, now, Zach, tell us a little bit about Rip It, about your experience with Rip It. Um, my experience with it is it's the cheapest energy drink on the market. Yeah, they've printed the price on the can. So like even the the vendor and the the store doesn't have any choice about what to charge. It's a dollar yeah, exactly. 9. It's a dollar 9. It's the cheapest one on the rack, man. It's um you know, it's it to me <laughs> I don't know if minimalist is the right word. Um definitely not minimalist in a hipster uh kind of aesthetic way, but there's not a lot going on on this can, Zach. Um, what, what are your thoughts on the can? If you would just speak a little bit to the aesthetic, because I have some questions that I want to float by you. Um, but I, I just want to know your thoughts on it overall. Rip it. It's, it's very kind of the, the sort of nineties that hasn't come back. Yeah. That's the, the right. Kind man. of like the sort of curve, like rounded off nineties, you know what I mean? <laughs> and it says sting mo at the bottom. Yeah, it's, it's Stinger, though. There's an ER on and it. And then they've added was, the er. Stinger. What does it, any of that mean? That was the nature of my question. See, I looked I looked to and fro, to and far across <laughs> this can to find some copy that would explain the, the Stinger concept to me. Um, and I found I found nothing. Like, this is a very minimalist can from a copy standpoint. Stinger or er, er, uh, Rip It is not, they're not revealing a lot, man. They're not showing their cards here on can, you know. They're leaving lots of imagination. Um, well, and, the, and the, the ER, the Stinger, adding the ER in like a handwritten script almost seems like yeah. they're sort of playing on like, hey, you all know what I'm doing here, right? It used to yeah, say Sting exactly. Mo, and now it says Stinger Mo. Uh, uh. Except that none of that makes any sense, <laughs> and I, I don't know what they're doing. And I, I feel like, Zach, you and I are pretty, we're pretty, uh, you know, not to blow our own shofars, but... <laughs> You know, we're pretty educated guys. I mean, we both have advanced, we, we're both in the word business. We both have advanced degrees, and and yet here we are, completely befuddled by this. Um, <laughs> now, the other thing, Zach, that I, I'd like you to have a look at with me um, takes place above the nutrition facts. So, okay. if you'll turn your can about a quarter turn um, and go to where it says nutrition facts, directly above that are the words "wild ride" with. 
with an image. <laughs> what is, is that? that? An image of like a like a bucking horse? Is that like a bronco? Or is that like one of those like southwestern like um, kind of stickman guys that you sometimes see, uh, like <laughs> know, doing something obscene? I don't know. Yeah, I know. I know the stickman guys that you're referring to. I think in this case, it it appears to be a wild bronco of some kind. <laughs> Um, with the words <laughs> "wild ride," and I just, I for the life of me, I can't, I can't tie the two together. We've got stinging imagery, stinger. Um, we've, they need we've to got brand the, this better. The they, they really do, man. They need to put more thought into this. And then just the, the, the kind of design element behind where it says "rip it." Usually, it, it, it follows some kind of thematic uh, arc in terms of, you know, usually a spider or some kind of stinging animal. Or a, a biting animal, or a claw. There's really like a claw involved, and there's there's none of that in this can. I yeah, I don't have any of the answers. I share your questions, but I know you know th- this can is like the emergent church in that it offers more questions than answers. You know what but, I mean? But unlike the emergent church, in that I purchased it just a little while ago, so it's still around. It's still around. But it's lasted longer than the emergent church. It surprises Absolutely. me that it's still around. It surprises me too, but I, I think the price point keeps it still around. You know, you know where what I'm I got saying? this, Ted? The where? saddest little gas station, kitty corner from the Silver Dome. It oh, was, dude, I know that gas station. Yeah, that's where we also yep. got the air for your uh, caddy. By the way, did that did yep. that tire stay inflated all the way back to Tennessee? Dude, the tire is fine, man. Nice. But, yeah, I checked it several times. It stayed inflated, so I, I don't know what happened, man. If if I was afraid you'd run over like a, a nail or a bunch of hypodermic needles or something. So, Yeah, something sad in the Silverdome parking lot itself. Absolutely. Zach, one more thing to point out on this can. And in, in this, you can file under the category of um, not hipster, not a hipster product. Uh, it says partially produced with genetic engineering. Oh, dude, yeah, that would be the first thing that it would brag about if you had bought yeah. this at, uh, you know, Whole Foods or something. Yeah, if you paid eleven dollars for it at Whole Foods, it would have all those symbols that we that we know and love. <laughs> this has and, symbols, uh, but like the one, bucking bronco means that that's 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 what's up with this this thing. It's this is a genetically modified bronco. It's been spliced in with yeah, human DNA. All right, so all right, Ted, baby. I got to ask you something, man. It sounds to me like yeah. you might already be drinking this stuff. Did I hear you, know you take what? a sip? You did hear me take a sip. I got thirsty before uh, before the program. I opened it up and I took a sip. So. Uh, what I want to do, though, I want to backtrack. I want you to open it up. So can you do that into your microphone? There it is. That's the sound of Rippet Energy Fuel being that's, opened up. That's the smell. Um, let's get the nose. Now, mine's been mine's been breathing for a little while, so I want to know if, if my nose is different than yours. It smells like a 1980s skating rink. It's <laughs> exactly what it smells. Set it smells like out, Metro baby. Skate West in Bay City, Michigan. Metro Skate West, man. Uh, what about Edrew on the south side of Lansing? I've only been in there once, and I remember it was like probably 20 years after I had last been at an actual skating rink that I you know, was skating at as a kid. And I remember yeah. immediately thinking, why does this smell exactly the same? What is the – it's like the combination of like feet, whatever they feet. use to like polish the, the surface of the skating floor, like video yeah. games, like old yep. smoke. You know, smoke, yeah. no one's been allowed to smoke in buildings in Michigan in years, but there's still some of those yeah. places that have the old smoke. Absolutely. Reminiscent of like bowling alley smell too. Yeah. Very similar. Big the overlap. Same yeah. Big overlap. So this to you smells like old skating rig. Yeah. This smell, or a Man, bowling alley go, too. Yeah. 
I'm going to go uncreative on this one on my nose. It, it just smells like standard energy drink to me. You know? Like really? there, there's there, It doesn't smell worse to you? Stinger, no, man. It's it's not doing anything anything special for me on the nose. Are <laughs> you ready to take a sip, Zach? Uh, let's do it. Okay. Yeah. You know what this smell this just tastes like to me? What's that? Babe? This tastes like what I imagine all energy drinks taste like to my wife, based yeah. on how she describes them. Yes, exactly. My wife too. Like like and our ladies are are foodies. They have very cultivated palates. Um, they're used to the the, the finer things um, uh, in in that way. And yeah, I, I think. Yeah, this this is probably everything wrong about energy drinks to a non-energy drink drinker. There's a certain like acidic metallic kind of aspect. Acidic metallic chemical. There's also that the kind is, of like bat like stomach acid kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I think it has actual stomach acid in it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the stinger, you oh know. My that, gosh. Yeah. Now, just cut to the chase here with me. What are the odds that you'll drink this whole thing? Uh. I probably will drink the whole thing. It's an energy drink. Got check paid for too. it. Dude, it's standard. Standard energy drink right down the middle. This, this to me, doesn't taste a whole lot different than, like, the green monsters. Really? Oh, yeah. they're, they're shooting for that, but I feel like they're falling very – like, you pay two fifty if you buy two. You get you get two for five bucks. So it yeah. costs more than twice what a Rip It does, and I feel like it's more than twice as good. Interesting. Interesting. So, so wow. I mean, like, if you walk into a gas station and they have, like, you're like, I want a monster, and then you see the Rip It, like, well, they taste the same, and you're just going to grab the Rip It? Is that, like, your new go-to, Ted? Dude, no. It's Are not you going to grow a scummy little. mustache? <laughs> Dude, I am growing a scummy mustache, <laughs> but uh, actually, I'm not, and nor am I, nor am I buying Rip It energy. I don't think I've ever actually bought one of these, like, for my own purposes. We um, reviewed this on the way to Bay City with the uh, long-lost on-the-road episode. Oh, I know, dude. I love in the those, car. I love those car apps, man. I love those remotes. That was that was that was a good time in the history of our company. No one will ever hear it. I know. Did it really happen? Sad. If we can't put it on some kind of social media, dude, it was so weird to be in the car and to have that experience of like the technology just isn't working and we're not sure if it's getting it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that, that felt so out of our wheelhouse as a company. But the know? thing was, where where I mean, we really had the the. State of the art. You know, I remember I had a little microphone uh, clipped to kind of a little pinched bit of T-shirt with a binder clip. That's right. In, in true lashing fashion. Yeah, that's right. We lashed that mic to my to my shirt, man. And you didn't uh, pick up it. No, it picked up you. It didn't get me, I think, was the thing. It wasn't getting the main mic. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's uh, it's it's water under the bridge, man. I it's mean, a little boring. I'm going to cut some of that out. Nah, it's okay. You can leave it in. It's it's part of the history of the company, man. The the, the people who truly love gut check will uh, will will be on board. And speaking, Zach, of people who love gut check, you have some tweets and some messages to share from uh, from fans, don't you? Well, I wanted to say first of all, I continue to be impressed by how consistently hilarious gut check legal is. Yeah, I see. I, I know nothing of gut check legal, man. Uh, enlighten me on that, dude. I mean, he, he'll give us. Oh, you, you need to go back through and read these, man. You go, okay. Log in with our Twitter and go back and read show notes from every episode, okay. and they're always yeah, hilarious. Look. Okay, show notes. I'm, I'm looking that up now, baby. And in my uh, studio, I have the capability to look that up. So you keep talking. I'm going to try to find it. Uh, just recently, um, somebody uh, in the gut check army. 
uh, posted a thing, tweeted a thing uh, from the Art of Manliness about how to tie like some kind of lashing thing. Okay. Um, hold up a minute. I'll bring it up here. Well, you look, I'll look, and we'll look. Okay. When I look, you look, we look. <laughs> you know what I'm referencing there? Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. What do you think of that? You sort of like I, it, don't you? No, I, I like that you that you said it, yeah. But would you listen to it if it came on Pandora, or would you skip it? No, I'd listen to it nostalgically. <laughs> would you? Yeah, heck yeah. Yeah. Not, I'm trying not, to think of the lyrics to that song now. Dude, you like, put your hand upon my hip. When I dip, you dip, we dip. There it is. There it is. Oh, so they they like live tweet their listening of the show. Yeah, yeah, with, with like really funny, clever, quick, yeah, uh, you know, observational <laughs> things. Yeah. I like this, man. Here it is. Art of Manliness, which is a hilarious website. Uh, yeah. How to tie lashings. Mm-hmm. And uh, Josh Glimpf, great name, uh, yeah, great name, tweeted that to me, and and I uh, retweeted it with at Gutcheck Legal. You need to send out a cease and desist right away. Uh huh. And instead of just being like I'm on it or something simple, he writes uh-huh. like the fearsome flapping of the Valkyries, sir. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Did you know I, who this guy is in real life? It's gotta be. Is it not Turk? No, Turk doesn't listen to the program anymore. Dude, this isn't Turk's tone, man. I, th- I think we offended Turk in some way. I don't know how. By telling everyone how much we love him all the time? Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. But th- this definitely isn't Turk. This isn't Turk's, like, wheelhouse tonally. Dude, um, have you seen this? Hashtag, why I hate Twitter in five words. Ted Cluck isn't on it. <laughs> That's great, man. Very sweet. Very sweet of them to say. little update on that. We are over 300. Hashtag, get Ted on Twitter. Are you uh, serious? So, yep. We will That's be... Amazing. That's amazing. It, it won't be too long now. I know. Dude, that's exciting. It's so exciting. So, Zach, what else do you have to, to, to share um, comment-wise, tweet-wise? Um, you said you had a few things. I've got uh, a thing from a guy named Jacob Ramlau. Now, what, let me tell you the cool thing about Jacob Ramlau's name, if I'm yeah. saying that right. I have no idea. Is that the O has the two dots over it. Oh, I love that. It's like Rammstein, that like German... Uh, speed metal band. Do you remember those guys? No. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> they were bad. But but I don't know. I mean, is that an umlaut or is that only if it's over a U and only if it's German? I don't know. I, I yeah. I don't know. I don't I, I like. The, what's this guy's name again? Jacob with a K, which is cool. Yeah. Ramlau Low. Ramlow. Ramlow. Dude, that's awesome. That sounds like 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 awesomely Scandinavian to me. You know, it what I'm is saying? Scandinavian. It sounds like somebody who would fight Drago, doesn't it? Yes, absolutely. Jacob Ramlo versus Ivan Drago. I love it. And he I- writes, Thanks, Ted, for helping me endure a tough time in my life right now. Your podcasts and Hello, I Love You are putting the smile back on my face again. Grateful for you here in Sweden. Dude, that's amazing. There's a pick-me-up, huh? That's a huge pick-me-up, man. Good old good old Ramlo. I like that. Yeah, and, and uh, we're, we're another check on the, the list of countries to dominate. And by dominate, I mean have at least one person in them that listens to us. Absolutely. That, that's our definition of, of what it means to dominate a country. So if this was, <laughs> if this was risk, we would put a piece on, on Sweden. Dude, risk is out. Catan is in. Catan, Catan, Catan. Yeah. Do you play Catan? Do you play that? No. No, me neither. I, I never it, have. I, I not that I wouldn't. I just I've never had the opportunity. Yeah, I find it like mind-blowingly boring. 
I, I find you know what I don't find boring what? Uh, when it factors into an end times satire that Dude, I find right. mind blowingly hilarious. Absolutely, absolutely, as do I. Dude, I got a couple more things I want to read uh, from Twitter, but first, you said you had a uh, uh, review that came in or a, a response to one of our Dude, books. Yeah. Just a, a piece of fan mail, man, from uh, a piece of fan mail from the Gutshot Guide to Publishing. So um, I'm going to read you this. It says, hey, Ted, I'm a pastor in South Carolina and a Ph.D. grad from S.E.B.T.S. Do you know what those letters stand for? S.E.B.T.S. Oh, no. South Southeast Baptist Theological Seminary. Would that be it? That sounds about right. OK. I'm just guessing. But uh, he says this. He says, I wanted to thank you for being an encouragement to me through the last several months. Um, I've written a number of books, five indie and two traditional. That's not my favorite part of the email because it's not about us. You know what I mean? <laughs> Full disclosure. I, I got a little bored when I read that the first time because I'm like, how does that apply to me? Um, but I pushed through it. Right. Uh, well, good this. for you. You know, more people and, should, you know, I think you, uh, let's just take a moment and acknowledge that. Yeah. Yeah. Acknowledge, acknowledge. my endurance okay. and getting through that, that, that one half a sentence that wasn't about me. <laughs> Uh, he said, I never thought I'd write much that mattered, but the Lord's given me a real love for it. On vacation this week, I read the Gut Check Guide to Publishing and kicked myself for not reading it sooner. Oh. You guys, yeah. He's not done, man. You guys answered so many questions that I wish I'd known and had to learn the hard way. Thanks for writing the book. Nice. And a lot of people out there, in fact, take the world's population and subtract out about 50 to 75 people. <laughs> Need to learn this lesson before they start trying to write anything. Yeah. So, um, so what would, what would that leave it? Like seventy five billion people. Uh, I think. Are we still more at like seven billion ish? I don't know, man. I, yeah, I got, I got, I got the number wrong. But so, so it's even, it's even more manageable at that point. Then you know, <laughs> I'll tell you what, Ted. My my wife went to the uh, a writing conference whose name I shall not mention uh, yeah. this this weekend to speak. Oh, for crying out loud, dude! It's, it's, it's like Wall Street in your office, man. This I need to take. One second. Yeah. This is Pastor Zach. All right. Uh, what was uh, I saying? Margaret. All right. Uh, so she went to this uh, comp. Breathing out. And she said, uh, do you want me to bring uh, any books for you to sell on the book table? And uh-huh. I was like, well, you need to bring uh, the Gut Check Guide to Publishing because it's a writing conference. And she, she said, how many do you have? And I just went in my box. I looked at my Gut Check box. Uh-huh. I thought I'd have 10, 15. And I had sent some out uh, for for prizes for the Gut Check Army, and I only had five. So I Wait sent it with did, five. Did she put her hand on your soul, uh, your shoulder, and say very earnestly that she would commit to to getting the word out about these? And then she took the box, and you never saw them again. Is that what I happened? never saw her again either. You know, I still this was a week ago. I still haven't seen her. And she she was wearing one of those jaunty Panama Jack hats at the time, <laughs> and like a vest. Yeah, yeah, that's how it went down. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, there's a decent chance that at some point the actual guy was there. Dude, um, there is a decent chance. World's <laughs> colliding, man, I tell you. <laughs> but uh, she said that very quickly they were all bought up. And I was like, man, I wish I would have thought ahead of time to buy like 25 and we could have, you know, gotten rid of a bunch of them and, and uh, taken care of a little gut check business without even being there, you know, Absolutely. via a. Baby. We, we've always said that one would be a slow burner. Uh, if, if you haven't gotten it already, it's called the Gut Check Guide to Publishing. Um, it's our Odds sort are of, good you've gotten it. Odds are good you've gotten it. If you're one of the 7 billion people in the world, though, who still hasn't gotten it, and you know who you are, um, <laughs> run, don't walk to Amazon.com. It's this uh, little tiny um, uh, shop around the corner, as it's adorable. it were. 
It's an adorable little uh, online bookseller, a, a partner of ours. Uh, it's where we do all of our online business. And uh, you can grab your own copy of the Gut Check Guide to Publishing, which which will uh, it was promised it promised to make all your publishing dreams come true. And I think for the for the fifty or so people who have bought it, that's probably been the case. Oh, hey Ted, speaking of adorable little bookshops, yeah, uh, did you read the article about how the the actual store where they film the Women and Women First uh, things on on Portlandia? Has uh-huh. like, disowned the show and they hate it and they think that it's it's misogynist and everything phobic and everything. Oh, of course they have because everything in the world is misogynist at this point. <laughs> I thought that was right? great. Oh yeah. my gosh, I read that article twice and I'm like, I can't figure out if this is if this is parody. And then I was I looked at the source. I'm like, no, this is real. <laughs> Dude, that's so perfect though. I mean, it, could it be any other way? <laughs> I mean, they weren't going to watch the show and be like, you know what? That's just a that's just funny. We like that. You know, <laughs> they weren't going to do that. <laughs> Because that would involve having a sense of humor. Sorry, I was checking our, our time. We're still recording. Okay. Okay. I feel like this is a really disjointed app, dude. I feel like it is too, it's yeah. Gonna, I, I will do my best to take out all the awkward pauses while we try to think of what to say and make it What was it funny sound is that serious. I had high hopes for this app, except that now that we're into it, I, I feel like it's a it's not a, a good app at all. <laughs> you know? That's, what, that's kind of where I'm at vis-a-vis this app. <laughs> I might Dude, throw, I might throw that in at, over the beginning. You know where sometimes I'll put Cliff Graham's thing about the uh, the <laughs> w- uh, booze and Hemingway. I yeah, might throw yeah, you yeah. saying that. <laughs> Speaking of Portlandia, have you watched the new season? Mm-mm. Yeah, there's a new season up on uh, on Netflix, man. No, I, I'm I'm excited to get in there. I, I'm really excited, and this is you know what you don't even want to hear about it. Never mind. No, I do. What were you gonna say? I was gonna say there's an there's a uh, crossover between Brooklyn Nine Nine and New Girl this week. Where, oh like, yeah, those are two shows I don't watch. So so you're right. I, I in a way I don't want to hear about it, but but it, but you can talk about it. Here's a question, man. If you could, and I always thought this would be an awesome idea. They did it one time where like Urkel went and visited like uh, you know DJ Tanner. What yeah. what if you could? And, and they were co- were they cousins? Because that doesn't make that much sense. Yeah. Um, but what if you could take two shows and, and there would be a crossover episode? What, mm. what would you do? What two shows would I make a crossover episode? This is a fascinating question. Uh, man, I'm, I'm running through the mental catalog of shows that we've liked. Well, you think. I, I, this yeah. just popped in my head. I would go with Justified and okay. The Blacklist. Okay. Or Burn Notice in the Blacklist. Oh, Burn Notice, man. Yeah, Burn Notice in just about everything, you know? I mean, what show would Michael Weston not make better? Yeah, well, I, I mean, as long as you didn't care if most of the cast was killed. Yeah, and Sam Axe, right? Dude, Sam, Sam Axe. Sam Axe could hold his, his own in any show. You know he's what I'm saying? He's not a good actor, but he's a great actor. You know what I mean? Almost every show has that character, though. Like the shambling, like probably functionally alcoholic middle-aged guy who just sort of shambles about and says funny things. <laughs> the shambler. And is somehow helpful. You know, every show has that. He's, so he could he could walk right in and be at home on any show. That guy is bigger than he's ever been right now. There's a TV show, Ash vs. the Evil Dead. And, yeah, I uh, saw that. It's everywhere. People love it. That guy's great, man. I really wanted to get him for Silverdome at one point. I felt like he would have been, been perfect. Do you feel like it, w- it would have been better? I feel like it wouldn't have been better. I don't think it would have been, man. I mean, the the fact that we have a former NFL player in that role, I think, is just perfect on so many levels. So it would have um, been I more of a kind of <laughs> and less of yeah. a real uh, self 
kind of uh, what's the term? Yeah, yeah, less sort of dramatic and more uh, kind of tongue in cheek or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So did yeah. you come up with anything yet, man? Um, <laughs> not really. Like, I like. I really like the shows Cheers and Night Court in the eighties. Oh, that would be that dude freaking like like Bull walks into the bar. Dude, yeah, Bull walks into the bar, or uh, or, or the other guy, John Larroquette's character, walks into the bar, um, or like Sam Malone ends up in Night Court for some reason. Oh, uh, dude, yes, and then and then they have to go and like follow up with him because he didn't do the paperwork right or something. Yeah, Ooh. exactly. They have to follow up. I, I feel like that could have been a natural. You, you know, know I, I feel like it's not it's not that like far afield for there to be a crossover. With I can them. hear like booty booty dude, and then it goes into the Cheers song. Yeah, I'm saying to kind of meld them together. I like that, man. I, I like that crossover a lot. Absolutely. Obviously, The Office and uh, Parks and Rec would have been a natural, too. That would have been totally a natural. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> More awkward. <laughs> <laughs> this app sucks, man. <laughs> it's really bad. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Why is it so terrible? <laughs> Hey, you know what? I wanted to ask you something. Yeah. Related to, uh, and, and this is going to be like the editing job of the century if you can make this app even remotely worthwhile. But <laughs> regarding that uh, writing conference, uh, whose name we shall not utter on the air, um, there was the potential for a very awkward interpersonal uh, situation there involving um, your wife and someone else who will remain nameless, but who who had a connection to your publishing career. Um, and I, I want you to be coy about this, man. So, so part of this segment is going to be seeing how coy you can be about it while still telling me about it. Mm-hmm. Um, how did that interaction go? I don't think it even really happened. I think that uh, my wife avoided it taking place. How did she manage that, man? Because it's not a huge conf. I think she. I think that that uh, the other entity also avoided it. Okay. Uh, dreading what it would be like. Yeah. Uh, and I'll tell you what, my wife. Uh, you know. It, it, there are there are wives who will who would be like you know what I I I know that you had a hard time with this person but I just have to stay friends with them, dude. Yeah. My wife is viciously loyal, yeah, and uh, will we'll, uh, you know wither you with a look if you if you make oh, me yeah. feel bad. Yeah. Um, uh, but I think it was probably the the interaction was was limited to uh, maybe Aaron saying like hey nice helmet or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is a thing that I get. <laughs> but that we can't explain for obvious reasons. Um, well, good baby, I appreciate you. Uh, I appreciate you weighing in on that. I was curious as to how that how that went down for you, dude. Rip it is growing on me. I know it's not bad, is it? Two hundred twenty calories in this one can, though, all empty. And you could taste every one. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It's like you can taste every individual calorie. Each calorie is like a little bucking bronco, like going down <laughs> into your system and making you fatter. Dude, I'll tell you what. This. Wait a minute. You're drinking this. Are you off the diet? No, I'm still on the diet, but I'm I'm committed to the program, which is why I'm drinking I this. I love that, dude. I'll tell yep. you what this really tastes like. It's like if you take a green monster and emptied like all the sugar packets you could find into <laughs> it, right? Yeah, but not just any sugar packets, like gross like break room sugar packets that have been sitting <laughs> like there for coffee like, stains. Coffee stained, like they they've been like uh, taken in and out of boxes and like dropped into the floorboards of somebody's car on the way to like a conference and then <laughs> And then loaded back into the break room. Um, if you take all those sugar packets and dump them in, then that's that's really what you're dealing with here with um, with Rip It. 
Dude, I, I, I've had another thing uh, Twitter-wise that I wanted to talk about a little bit. I, I actually okay. got uh, I got banned from okay. somebody's Twitter. Baby, now this is fascinating, man. I want you to go into as much detail as you as you feel comfortable with on this because that's being being not a Twitter guy myself. Um, I don't know how, like how how egregious you have to be to get banned from somebody's Twitter. Wait, no, you know what? I want to I go a different route on this. I want to okay. fire up the randomizer and, and weave a tail. Will you okay. play along? Yeah. Of course. <laughs> It'll be bad. You realize that, yeah. right? It's going to be suck. terrible and awkward and, 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 and sort of stopping and starting. But we'll, I, feel like, I feel like we, we, you and I have only emailed each other. We've never talked, and that's why this is so awkward. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We've never seen each other. We've never talked live on the phone or anything. Right, um, right. All right, let me jump into this then. Okay. So speaking of Twitter, um, I noticed that uh, I, I had ramped down the, the randomizer for service, and I had to wind up sending it in uh, to a local randomizer tech. You had to call your randomizer guy. Yeah, yeah, and it took it took a couple of weeks for them to work all the bugs out, and they're not certain it's it's entirely working now. Uh, but let's uh, let's give it a shot just to see. Okay, let's fire it up. Okay, uh, and of course, maybe uh, if you have never heard this before, it's it's the the deal where we we fire up the randomizer. It it uh, works its magic. The gears spin. Uh, there's some steam kind of gets let out into the room, and then it, it delivers. Not unlike the music machine of 1980s Christian children's musical fame, it kicks uh-huh. out a, a Rachel Held Evans tweet, uh, which okay. we read and don't respond to at all. Because we're radio pros, we 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 just read it. We let the words speak for themselves, and we we don't respond at all. So here we go. Uh, cross your fingers. Here's hoping that we don't have the same intermittent defect as before. It looks like it's working. Good, baby. And hey, here, here it is. I got one. Okay. All right. Rachel Held Evans. Verified account. At Rachel Held Evans. Here is the tweet itself. At Jory Micah. Girl, you gotta start blocking. And blocking. And blocking. And blocking smiley face. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was laughing at something else. That happens <laughs> so a lot. <laughs> something else funny happened in my office. It's it's yeah, it's just a coincidence. Well, since there was kind of a misfire there, let's try one again. Um, okay. All right, here it goes. It's working. Yeah. Um, looks like it's. Wait a minute, something's wrong here, Ted. Something's not. Something's not right. Okay. It's oh, it's not. It's not. It's something got crossed there. It's now giving me Jory Micah tweets mm. instead of Rachel Held Evans. Man, you got to call your randomizer guy, and by guy, I mean it could be a woman <laughs> who's equally capable at fixing the randomizer. Okay, so this is Jory. Jory, I didn't know that was a name. Uh, Micah just finished hashtag Love Warrior by at Momastery, which is the most authentic book. <laughs> That's it? No, no, there's more. Which is the most authentic book I've ever read and many Christian feminist lessons. Love mm. you, G. I, don't know, what that I means. know we're not supposed to respond, um, but I'm just going to say that's the most amazing and insightful thing I've ever heard. <laughs> and And the reason I'm saying that is that if you don't say that about everything, you're a misogynist pig. <laughs> I think so you may have summed record, up the that, current culture. Yeah, I did that. That for the record, that's the most that's the most poetic and beautiful and true thing I've ever heard in my life. Well, Ted, what's nice about the randomizer giving us these Jory Micah things is because I'm actually banned from viewing her tweets. 
Really? Now, how did this happen, baby? I'm not a Twitter guy, so you'll have to you have to educate me a little bit here on uh, on the world of getting banned from somebody's Twitter feed. How does that happen? Well, it's as simple as clicking block next to someone's name. Uh, okay. But what happened was um, I had seen uh, – I'm part of this group called the Reformed Men's Lounge online. Okay. It's a secret right. group uh, on, yeah. on Facebook. Uh, and it's just a bunch of guys being as insufferable as possible, but in a fun yeah, way. Of course. Yeah, uh, yeah. In fact, there's been two different pics of people reading The Smoking Companion in the last week. So it's that okay. kind of place, just so you give you some background. Uh, and someone posted this thing that Jory Micah had, had tweeted that said, El Shaddai means manny-breasted one. How sad is it that we masculinize all these titles of God. I'm paraphrasing, mm -hmm. but definitely the many breasted one is a direct quote. Mm -hmm. So I simply responded with something like, please learn what a semantic domain is or you know, something to that degree. Yeah. Yeah. Boom. Blocked. Like anything uh, slightly challenging or, uh, not even argumentative, just, just kind of, uh, uh pushing back or answering or, you know, <laughs> it's yeah. gone. Well, clearly you forgot yourself. You lost your head and realized that you're you're not allowed to push back. So something came across in my studio. Mm. Now, now this is super helpful. You have to tell me again. Was was this Rachel the Held Evans who wrote this, or, or the? Uh, the no, other? it's like the new Rachel the Held Evans, uh, Jory Micah. Okay, so these are statements that will make me block you on social media immediately. So if you don't want to get blocked by Jory Micah, and I'm sure this is a priority for people. Um, <laughs> Take note as I read. Okay, I'm going to read slowly. Um, number one, telling me to repent. <laughs> you better not, yeah. Because as, as you know, calling anyone to repentance is a bad thing. Um, you know, that, that's, we certainly don't want to be about that. Um, number two, calling me a heretic, false teacher, false prophet, Jezebel, and really any name at all. <laughs> Jezebel may be a little over the top. I think I would block somebody. If I were her, that called me Jezebel. <laughs> yeah. Number three, posting memes that are meant to hurt me. Mm. It's a safe space is what it is. Yeah. Number four, talking down to me, even if using scripture to do it. Mm -hmm. All right. Number five, nonstop harassment and trolling. Number six, calling my theology heresy. We did something else funny happen to your office. I, I was reading the Rip It can again, and it struck me anew. The minimalist Rip It can. <laughs> Number seven. There's more Judas. No, there's ten of these, baby. <laughs> oh, Number seven. Telling me that I'm a child of Satan. Well, yeah, that's just rude, right? Number eight. Questioning my salvation. Number nine. Telling me that I'm going to hell. <laughs> I, which I feel like. Some of these are, are the same thing. Yeah, there's a lot of overlap here. Like I mean, not saying to, not anything I don't like would kind of overarching. No, everything that I've read here is brilliant. So for the record, again, <laughs> I love all of this. Like this, this, this to me is poetry. Okay. <laughs> now that's my position on this. I don't know what yours is, but be, be that as it may. Okay. Everything Jory Micah tweets is art. Yeah, everything is art. Right. That's my position. Number ten. And this this is again tenth thing that will that will make Jory Micah block you on social media immediately. Number ten, anything at all that rubs me the wrong way. <laughs> so there you go, man. You know, you know, you know what I like. I think about there's a this? real maturity there. Yeah, what is it? There's a real maturity there. You know what I like about this in like in a, in a totally non ironic way. 
and, and not tongue in cheek way. I, I do actually like how how authentic she is about it. Like basically, if 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 you say anything at all that's not a hundred percent fawning of me, I will block you. And I, I actually, in a weird perverse way, respect that because <laughs> I kind of feel like that's how I feel too. You know, if you're gonna bother to like write into the program, make sure it's fawning. You know, because if it's not, I'm not interested. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> now, wait a minute. What what if somebody, quote unquote, talked down to you? And by that, I mean suggested that they could help you understand perhaps a verse that you had written about and, and mm-hmm. give you a little more insight on it. Somebody who had knowledge of the Bible's original tongues and, and theology. Say, for example, I don't know, James White uh, emailed you and said, Ted, I read what you wrote and I just thought maybe this would help as well and gave you some some information scriptural information using using the bible to to help you understand things better would you block him for that no man of course not okay because jory micah blocked james white Mm -hmm. uh and she has said that she will block anyone who is in any way associated with james or summer white Mm. i quote i know that i am friends with some of these followers here as they are creepy little spies that have crept in but i will find out who you are and i will block you i have already blocked hundreds of the whites followers and i have no issue blocking thousands i actually am starting to enjoy it dude don't you feel like i mean again all kidding aside man taking taking tongue firmly out of cheek here i just feel like this is a is a sad and, and dissatisfying way to live your life, man. I mean, if you spend your day sort of sifting through your social media and trying to like, you know, suss out who the whites followers are so that you can block them. I mean, and, and really like you're making a crusade out of this. Like it, it, it just, I don't know. It strikes me as one of those just kind of three legged puppy things that I want to look away from. What's you know what funny? I'm saying? If you look at James White's uh, Twitter feed and hers, uh, not Twitter uh-huh. feed, Twitter or whatever they've tweeted. Um, yeah, you, you see that neither of them had heard about the other one day, uh-huh. and then like two days later, there was like this massive thing going on where everyone's blocking everybody, and it just like instantly appeared, Dude, full form. And again, all kidding aside, this is why I'm not on Twitter. You know, two hundred I mean, more hashtags, though, Ted. Are you are you really not going to reward like, your people? Dude, stuff like this makes me feel just horribly crushed about humankind. You know what I'm saying? And granted, again, for the yeah. record, every, everything that she said is, is beautiful and amazing. All right? I, I don't want to lose sight of that. But that being said, <laughs> this whole thing just, I mean, it, it, I don't know. Maybe I'm too old, man. Maybe I'm just out of touch. But No, I, I, I can't imagine how exhausting it would be to be, like, in the midst of this. Yeah. It yeah. crushes me. Like, it crushes me. And I, I, I know there are certain people who I think thrive on this kind of conflict, and she she probably has that personality type. Oh, yeah, we're falling right into her lap by even discussing this, absolutely. Oh, we are, yeah. I mean, we're horrible people, except for me, because I've I've already said, you know, ad nauseum that, that, that you know, I agree with everything. So. Well, no, whether we love it or hate it, we're talking about her, and, and no, more people know who she is. I mean, that's how yeah. the kind of overnight Rachel Held Evans 2 is born. You know, she's building the brand, man. I mean, she's doing she's doing what she's got to do right now to build the brand and get the get the promo machine rolling for the book. So, I mean, this is this is publishing one on one right now. I mean, this is like uh, the the it's the kind of thing that people feel like they have to do in this business. And I mean, look, if you really want to do that, I mean, if you really want to be the you know getting in fights all day on Twitter person, if that's really who you are, then that's one thing. But 
I mean, if you're doing it just to promo a book and, and get the hype machine rolling, then I don't know. Honestly, I don't dude, I can think of about 10 reformed-ish dudes who, <clears throat> yeah. whose philosophy is identical to hers oh, as absolutely. well. Like absolutely. the street fighter, I will t- block you for anything kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's just sad, man. I don't know. I have no interest in it other than uh, just talking about it in passing on a on what will probably go down as the worst episode in the history of this program. We already have one called the worst episode ever. This one could be like the worster episode or I, I don't know. <laughs> I think this rivals it. Uh, baby, should we go uh, Should we go right into reading the chapter? I think we should. I think we've been at this for like two hours, but somehow we only have like 45 minutes of content. Yeah, and it, of that 45 minutes, only like three minutes of good content. So <laughs> maybe we should just cut the app off after we get done um, – after we get done reviewing Rip It Energy Fuel. Really? I feel like that was the weakest part. I feel like that was the best part. Dude, this stuff is nasty. It's getting grosser as I drink it. It is really gross, yeah. It's the it's the cloying like sweetness of it, you know. I feel bad for people who who, you know, like I'm 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 not a man of like great means, but I can oh. afford to buy the, the Monster Absolute Zero or a or a nice, you know, uh, guru energy drink when I want one. People who have to like turn to the, the rip it. That's uh-huh. real suffering, and that, these are the issues that the candidates should really be talking about. I feel like they should, man. I feel like they should. You know how how what's America drinking? You know, <laughs> energy drink wise, and and what are you what are you going to do for me in that area? You know, baby, we uh we we have a couple of things to do before we wrap the up. Um, one of which is Gut Check Literacy Month, which I'm very excited about, and I know you are too. Um, it's a new initiative, and by new, I mean we've been at it for probably over a year. Um. In which for a month, meaning a year, um, we read out loud to people. So it's kind of like story time, but we read a little a little chapter of our novel, Reraptured. Uh, but before that, um, we had another creative endeavor that we shared recently, which is uh, you and Aaron, you and your wife came uh, onto the set of my movie, Silverdome, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, we got to spend a really awesome uh, few hours together just hanging around the set, meeting the actors, um, doing all that stuff. So uh, I, w- I would like to know... Uh, how did that feel for you, man? Was it fun for you guys? What What were your reactions to the dome itself and just the whole production? Well, it was it was absolutely the money, although the fact that we had to come and go so quickly kind of made it all feel a little bit frantic and and yeah, you know, the, the we we sat there quietly while a scene was filmed. Yeah, and I'm going, this is really cool. I've never been there while well, a movie is actually shot before, but at the same time, looking at my watch, going, dang it. I got to leave in 20. I got to leave in exactly. 10. I want to see more exactly. of the dome. I want to hang out with Ted more. So, so it could have been cooler if we didn't have to go to the Gettys concert, which by the way was fantastic. Of course it was, man. It always is. Yeah, the Gettys are amazing. The Gettys uh, are but amazing. but it was really awesome and uh, I got a picture of me with uh, Carmen uh, Principal Carmen. What's her yep. last name? Ser- Serrano? Carmen Serrano. Serrano. Um and uh I got uh to meet all sorts of interesting people and it was it was very cool. Uh but but who cares what I think of it? Tell tell us, you know, what you expected going in and how it met your expectations and, and exceeded them. Yeah, it really did exceed my expectations. And it, it it's weird. I think going in I was just worried worried is probably the wrong thing to say, but I, I was I was concerned and you know, I, I think I think when you're involved in a creative project like that, you're always thinking about all the moving parts and all the things that could go wrong. And and really, by God's grace, it was an incredibly just efficient, safe, um, good natured set. You know, people got along, people treated each other really well, and you know that was that was one of our goals for the production was just to to have the kind of movie that people could look back on and and say that they enjoyed working on it, they got treated really well. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think what was cool about it was that, you know, in any any large scale creative endeavor like that, you know, there are a lot of people just working. There are a lot of people just doing jobs. And I think for the first couple of days of shooting, you know, for the sound guys and the camera guys, there was there was a sense that it was just another job. But I think uh, after three or four days in, especially the day that you guys got there, people really uh, had the feeling that we had something special as a movie and that they could be involved in something really, really special that really does well. So it was fun to see um, everybody on the team, cast, crew, et cetera, kind of buy in and come together and um, and realize that, that we could have a really special movie. I, I tell you, I thought that when we had to sign the uh, disclaimer that we couldn't sue if we died or anything. Yeah, you um, had to sign two of those, actually. Yeah, I thought that was just kind of standard. Yeah, uh, and then we got there, and uh, there were a couple times we sort of ran, like sprinted under areas where the I beam <laughs> and all the asbestos and all of yeah. the brick and everything was in the process of slowly crumbling and falling. Uh, yeah. And I was like, "Oh, uh, they had a sign that because we could really die or be yeah. impaled or lose a limb." Yeah, exactly. It was a it was it was a truly dangerous building. I mean, beautiful in so many ways and perfect, and you can see why. Like. Um, just for the the continuity, the thematic and, and continuity of the movie, it had to be it had to be shot there. It couldn't be shot anywhere else. But but yeah, you can also see why. Like I would wake up in the middle of the night, just like filled with fear that you know something would fall on one of our cast members or crew guys, and and you know I wouldn't be able to live with myself. So and of course uh, the the star lived there for a few days, right? Yeah, Glenn Pakulak, our lead actor, former NFL player, former All SEC punter at University of Kentucky. Uh, he was so method with his character. So in the film, uh, his character leaves his family, goes to live as a squatter in the Silver Dome, and uh, Glenn is so method that he uh, he actually bunked down in the Silver Dome for all the days that we were that we were shooting in there. So um, hats off to him, man. Creepy, creepy place during the day. I can't imagine how unspeakably scary that place would be at night. So. And he was in the one luxury box that still had a window. Yeah, the one luxury box in, in in which the window wasn't completely blown out. So. And so he was looking out over the field in the dark. Yep. Yep. Oh, I, I, dude. Um. Yeah. And and to have you know, I'm, I'm sure there are rats and stuff around there. It would be like sleeping somewhere in like the third world. You know, I mean, it that's totally that's hardcore. Totally yeah, they said it was raccoons at night. Like raccoons would come out at night and, and roam <laughs> around the place. So not so much rats, uh, but lots of raccoons. It was actually which... raccoon-sized rats. Yeah, it could have been raccoon-sized rats, man. Now, now, so, but the thing is, when you hear that this guy did this, part of me, if I if I hadn't met the guy and, and seen him at work, would think, okay, so he's doing this, but really he's super full of himself, and you know, he's he's thinks he's God's gift to acting, and that's why he's. But but really, it was there was a huge humility to to not Absolutely. only him, but but uh, uh, Carmen, who played his wife, who's I mean. If you've been on Breaking Bad, if you've been, you know, and there's certain things where you just write your own, your ticket, yeah. you know, if you've been yeah. part of them. Yeah. Uh, and and there was no sense of self-importance amongst any of the people on that set. It was it was really cool. It was a very, it was a very, uh, the, the dynamic was, was kind of like, this is all about what we're trying to make. It's not about yeah. any individual person. Dude, it was really special in that regard. Really, really special team, man. And the director was great. He was that way, too. Um, Carmen was unbelievable. I mean, she was just jack of all trades on the set. I mean, giving coaching tips to our young actors. Um, she helped out with makeup. Um, you know, she really was just incredibly giving and generous the whole time. And, and yeah, Glenn is just salt of the earth, man. Just a a down to earth dude in every possible way. Everybody loves him everywhere we go. People are, uh, 
are reaching out to Glenn. He just has that kind of magnetic quality. So, um, and also I think part of that magnetic quality is being unspeakably handsome. I think that probably <laughs> goes hand in hand with people like wanting to give you stuff everywhere you go. But, um, he definitely has it. Very cool guy. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait to see, um, the rough cuts and the, and the edits as they come together. Is there going to be a premiere in uh, Detroit? Or yeah, we're talking with a, a venue called the Rust Belt Market, which is in Ferndale. Have you have you guys been to Rust Belt Market? I don't think so. It's really cool, man. You and Aaron would love it. It's a it's a really big kind of repurposed warehouse space in Ferndale where there's all these like Detroit centric vendors, so clothing, jewelry. Um, there's like a record store in there. It's all like kiosk vendors. Uh, all over the Rust Belt market, like cool. uh, kind of cool. high-end foods and, and cupcakes and stuff like that. Uh, but right in the middle of the of the building, they have a big like event venue, which would be perfect for a, a premiere. So uh, we're talking about doing something there for like you know Southeast Michigan media and and various people. So awesome. uh, so yeah, hopefully that'll come together. What's the uh, ETA on the the actual finished cut of the movie? Yeah, we don't know. Hopefully early 2017. Um, you know, it, it kind of depends on Travis Andrews, our director, his uh, his TV schedule. He's still doing a lot of TV jobs and, and various things that he has to work around. But uh, but yeah, hopefully we can get, get in there and get that going soon. Now, what I think is kind of sad is that you didn't, and I'm, I'm a little disappointed in you, that I didn't want to bring this up at the time because you had a lot on your mind. You had a lot on yeah. your plate. Yeah. But you, I mean, I... I'm just going to say the obvious. You had a film crew. You had yeah. actors. You had the space. You didn't choose while you were in a freaking stadium arena yeah. to to start filming the re-raptured movie. <laughs> I, you know what? I thought about doing that. and I, <laughs> We had I a Ted Strongbow right there, man. I thought about just saying to the cast and crew, like, now that you all are here, let's just go ahead and film a second movie. And, you know, not that we'll give you any more money, but, um, you know, just out of the goodness of your heart, if you could just go ahead and film a second movie for me. I did think about that. Don't 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 think for a minute that that didn't cross my mind. But so Glenn's uh, Ted Strongbow, you would be Duke. Um, yeah. Who's Carmen? Oh, man, that's a really good question. Um, yeah. In our story, who would Carmen be? Not Carol Ann. Um, Kate Russell, I guess. She could be Kate Russell. New, new take on Kate Russell. Add a little bit of like interesting ethnic. St- I mean, that's what they yeah. do when they make books into movies. Dude, make them more right, interesting. Man. I mean, Carmen could totally do it. I mean, she could play anybody. So she could she could definitely be Kate Russell. And then there was that kid who could be Alex Roth. He'd be you know he's a little bit he's a touch too handsome. Uh, yeah. But they always are again when when they cast those roles in movies. They're they're Absolutely. they're always a little bit more. Absolutely. Actually, I think the dude who played um, you didn't meet this guy. Did you meet Cisco Cisco Posada? I don't know. I don't think so. Okay, he was a young guy, like a 22-year-old guy. He's on the uh, he's on the Fox show Empire, which is a record industry show. Dude, that is like one of the biggest shows out right now. It's huge, and he's amazing. This kid is going to blow up, man. He's going to be something like huge here in a couple of years. But uh, his way, his name is Francisco Posada. He's on Empire. He's on Chicago Fire as well. Um, super, super talented guy. But like, so he played Glenn's son in the movie, and. You know, really rocked up, really like broad shouldered athlete type dude, super handsome, you know, incredible actor, just nailed his scenes for us. But uh, I, I actually would see him playing Ted Strongwell. All right. Dude, it was amazing to me how long it took to set up that one uh, equipment room scene. Yeah. Like literally, I mean, like they're like, okay, we'll do lighting. Lighting was 25 minutes. 
then yeah. kind of walking through it, talking through it. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it was an hour. And, and the yeah, scene it, itself was three minutes at most. Exactly. Filmmaking is such a painstaking process. And you realize, like, even though we're writers, I'm a writer, I'm not a I'm not a super detail oriented person. Like just a, like it comes out of my head the way I want it. And I don't agonize for a long time over certain details in a story. But uh, but these guys, man, the technical end of the filmmaking business. I mean, these guys are all like ultra perfectionist, like very detail oriented guys. And, and you realize like you really need people like that to make a movie work. Now you got all the funding um, from investors, right? There's no, there's not a group of Kickstarters that are going to get the first cut of this thing on DVD or anything. Yeah, we we got it all up to this point from investors. Yeah, yeah. very cool. All right, yeah. well, I'm I'm excited for probably a year from now or something when we'll be able to see it, right? I mean, probably, these are long man. Yeah, processes. I don't want to make any promises, but hopefully sooner rather than later. Yeah, well, I mean, you hear about movies that are in production and you get all excited about them, and then you forget about them. And just about when you forget, it's like, it's like, uh, what's his name on swingers? Just about yeah. when you forget, they know, and then they come out. <laughs> Dude, that's right. That's right. Baby, where are we at on uh, literacy month? Okay. Now we, the only thing we have left to do today uh, to round out this wonderful episode, which was not Amazing. at all boring and awkward. No, not at all. <laughs> is uh, gut check literacy month. Uh, and we are now, I think we're somewhere like week 32 or something of, of, of this month. Uh, and we are looking at the second half of chapter 27, somehow boiling over. Vincent would gladly discuss anything with this young woman. Fine wines, his favorite restaurants, his work at St. Caesar Chavez Episcopal Church in Anglican community. <laughs> but instead, he's sitting silently while she goes on and on about the rapture. He doesn't remember how they got on the subject, nor does he recall her transforma her transformation from silent, still porcelain goddess to gum-flapping fanatic, but he's not as annoyed as he would have anticipated. No, rather than dragging her down, this is all just elevating these doctrines, which only this morning Father Vincent had considered innovations, folk culture-driven fairy tales cooked up by enthusiastic hucksters not long ago. But when combined with the beauty of Carol Ann's face and the graceful lines of her wedding jumper, even her ongoing explanation of the mark of the beast is somehow compelling. And when it says a mark, that's literal, she explains. Only not literally a literal mark, more like a microchip, like the ones that football teams are implanting in their players. Uh-huh, Vincent says. <laughs> They're holding hands now. When did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> Having manipulated the Catan board to ensure his victory, Jim Townsend sets about the Herculean task of comforting his son. He has read in various parenting books about the importance of having long, honest, heart-to-heart -heart conversations with his son and figures that this is his opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry about that guy getting shot at your wedding and then the wedding stopping and your fiancé running off, he says, stating the obvious. How are you handling it? Fine, says Tad. <laughs> Good. I'm glad we had this talk, says the elder Townsend, before going back, going to the back 40 to inventory his wood, grain, and fire rations. <laughs> Tad isn't sure what to do at this point. Because he barely knows Carol Ann, the grand sweeping gesture of pursuing her to Denver is out of the question. Because his father won't let him in on any of the Catan planning, helping his father is out of the question as well. He checks the price of oil in the Middle East and texts the guy helping him behind the register at the gas station. But these two things combined take all of about 10 minutes. For the first time in his life, Tad Townsend is rudderless. He has no Latin poetry to recite, 
no homeschool exam to get an A on, no cello to practice. He's just another single small business owner whose wedding was interrupted by a shooting and whose dad is trying to annex Nebraska. <laughs> he is in this the everyman. Who wrote that? That's so funny. That's you, dude. This is all you. Are you sure? Yeah, it was this, this addendum at the end of the chapter because we realized we hadn't done anything with Jim and Tad. And so yeah. this little thing is to hold them over to the sequel, I believe. Tad wanders. He wanders and wanders and finally gets what Thoreau was writing about when he wrote all those eloquent things about being in nature and walking around. <laughs> he gets it. Finally, he approaches his father, who is standing atop a log in the fashion of one of those guys you see at midnight on ESPN3 in a lumberjack competition. Also in the fashion of an actual lumberjack. <laughs> he realizes his father is a stranger to him. Soon he hears a yell. The wood pile has begun to tumble atop Jim Townsend, and soon the strong man is engulfed in the very resource he was trying so hard to amass. The irony is not lost on Tad. He runs over to the woodpile and observes his father's lifeless body. He would call the authorities, but realizes because of the annex, there are no authorities to call. (laughs) He removes a Settlers of Catan wood game card from his Carhartt tuxedo pocket (laughs) and flips it atop the wood that is atop his father. Then he cries. So what's yours? Sylvia demands, arching her eyebrows in Josh's direction. What did you whisper in Van Shrimpy's ear? We can either tell each other now or let Van Shrimpy catch us off guard later. They've gotten comfortable in their little cell in the sub-sub basement. After saying a few words and crossing his arms over his chest, they'd they'd placed Faustus's body in the corner and covered it with some old jerseys. (laughs) Sylvia and Rabbi Pastor now sit Indian-style, facing one another as dim, clouded light filters down through the three-inch-thick, bulletproof glass ceiling a few few feet above their head. Above it, Dr. Van Shrimpy is ostensibly carrying out his nefarious plans unhindered. Why do I have to go? Josh objects. Ladies first. You have to go first because you don't have a gun. Oh. Their conversation is continually punctuated by the rhythmic sound of Ironsides slamming his ample girth into the locked steel door. His grunting is making everyone uncomfortable. (laughs) Well, begins Rabbi Pastor, as you know, I grew up in a Christian Reformed family in Grand Rapids. We never really talked about the end times. When we did, it was always very academic. You know, amillennialism versus postmillennialism or historicism versus preterism. But then one night, when I was 13, I stayed over at a friend's house. He was Baptist, so my parents weren't crazy about leaving me in their care, but I eventually convinced them. Josh pauses to pull the robe over his head, but it gets stuck. He thrashes for a minute and whimpers until Sylvia helps to free him. So anyway, he continues, My friend's parents had rented a film projector, and we made a night of watching this brand new movie called A Thief in the Night. Four times. It was an eye-opening thing for me. I realized that the book of Revelation, no, Revelations... (laughs) wasn't some ancient text full of symbolism with meaning in the first century church. It was exciting. It was sci-fi. It was now. And it was all about the one-world government-owned conversion vans and corny acronyms. It was about guillotines on the back of golf carts, coffee pots somehow boiling over, and lots of big sideburns. It is indeed, Sylvia agrees, nodding. I never understood that, Ironside says. They're just glorious, Sylvia says, shrugging. Not the sideburns, the coffee pots. I mean, rapture or no rapture, why would anyone put more water in the coffee maker than the carafe can hold? That's just bad planning. Seems to me that people who get raptured are actually quite good planners. Sylvia rolls her eyes impatiently. It's called dramatic effect. 
What would be scary about walking into a kitchen to find a full, freshly brewed pot of coffee? Nothing. <laughs> that's what. Anyway, the rabbi pastor says, clearly annoyed at having lost the undivided attention of his fellow captors, captives, I didn't know how to come out to my parents, so I never really did. I kept it all to myself. Then one day I was doing my homework at the kitchen table, and suddenly the tea kettle started whistling this horrible, shrill scream. Mom, I called out. Are you there? Nothing. No answer. I knew right then and there that she'd been raptured and I'd been left behind. I began hyperventilating at the certain knowledge of what lie ahead. Drought, famine, a barcode tattooed onto my forehead, sloppy, horrible foreshadowing, and Larry Norman songs. I began gathering a few essentials in my Captain Kangaroo knapsack, intent on heading to the Upper Peninsula where, if I was lucky, I might happen upon one of the 144,000 Jewish evangelists or the guy who breathes literal fire. I had burned all my school books and my copy of the Westminster Larger Catechism and was in the process of releasing our pets into the wild when my mom came back up from the basement. She had just been putting some stuff in the dryer. That was the first time, but not the last. Ironside stops throwing himself into the door and turns toward Josh. You're not saying... Yes. My worst fear is that I'll be left behind. I know it's ironic. What the Midrash calls Ferdayit... Ironside scoffs loudly. What's your problem, man? The rabbi pastor demands. I'm stuck in here with you. That's my problem. You don't know Hebrew, Josh. You're not a rabbi. You're about as Jewish as I am, and my last census form came pre-filled with Dutch American as my race. (laughs) Now let's stop all this silliness and find a way to get out of here and rescue my daughter. Not just yet, Josh says, pointing at Sylvia. Not until we hear her greatest fear. What a cliffhanger of an ending. You know, they all seem to be amazing cliffhangers. They really are, man. That's that's just good fiction writing. It's good. It's a great fiction novel. It's a great fiction novel. We have been at, at this, it seems like, for nearly two hours. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to suggest that we both get back to our day jobs. And, uh, and, and I'll leave you to the Herculean task of trying to cobble together an episode out of, of uh, two hours of awkwardness that we've just... Uh, <laughs> put each other through well i'll tell you one thing's for sure there won't be enough ted no yeah exactly i think there's too much ted i think that's too much of me being off baby (laughs) all right my friends every once in a while every once in a while we're allowed you know a a a boner (laughs) is that still is that still a word that's used for a mistake like a like <laughs> no, a innocent word for a mistake. It's an it's an innocent word, isn't it? And you know what? We're gonna we're gonna leave it there, and we will see you next time.